Welcome back to the Randomonium Podcast, everybody. I'm Danny Gula. And I'm John Stum. And this is a podcast where we talk a little bit about the past, a little bit about the present, and a little bit about the future. That's right. But normally, I bring something from the past, like a little topic to, to talk about or a slice. Yeah. And, and you, I'll don't, bring, you don't know what I'm going to bring. Yeah. And I'll bring a topic from another time period. We'll, you know, we'll switch it up sometimes. But, and we just don't know what each other is going to bring to the table. But this time's going to be a little different, That's in right. which neither of us know at all what we're doing today. That's right. We're going to keep it extra random, and our producer's going to tell us right before we start recording something <laughs> what we're talking this about. This should be fun. I'm looking um, forward to and it. And I'm excited because this is the first podcast we've recorded since we're officially launched. We're up on all the big the big platforms, the big four. So retroactively, you can go back and listen to some of the older recordings we did while we were figuring out this podcast right. uh, that we had previously put exclusively for our patrons. Yep. That's uh, Apple Apple iTunes. Yeah. Um, well, is that right? Is it called iTunes? Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Spotify. Google Play. You uh, know. Amazon Alexa. That's right. Those are the big ones. And if we're not, if you're listening to this and somebody's told you about it and you're like, oh, I can't find it somewhere else, let us know because... Mm-hmm. We can then add it to our distribution. There's a lot of different ways to consume podcasts. Speaking of podcasts, yes. do you know where the word podcast comes from? Uh, somebody's a big fan of bean pods. Um, and they fished, they put, used them as bait, and they would cast the pods no. into the lake. And it was a good bass uh, bait, actually. No. You catch smallmouth bass you, only. You at home can't hear me, but I'm shaking my head at him. No, so... Uh, you might know the word podcast because it comes from iPod broadcast, right? Right. You, you being a formal, former Apple employee, well, probably me, know me that. Me being old enough to have had a had click wheel a, iPod. Had an iPod where you would physically like download a file, when, sync it to your iPod. I, I also remember when there was an app on your iPhone called iPod. Oh, that's true. It wasn't even music. It was called iPod. It's called iPod, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, so if you don't know what we're talking about, back in the day, you had to take your your non-internet-connected uh, iPod and plug it into your computer. It wasn't Wi-Fi at the time. Yeah. Plug it into your computer, and you you had downloaded the iPod, uh, the sorry, the um, p- podcast on your computer. Yeah. Sync it to your your iPod, and then take it with you on your commute. It was super annoying. Right. Anyway, that's where you get the word podcast. Uh, but. Since then, because people have said, well, it's not exclusive to iPods and we yeah. don't use iPods anymore. It's not even anymore. exclusive to Apple. It's not exclusive to Apple. It's like, why are we calling these things podcasts? So do you know what a backronym is? I'm like, through context clues, I'm going to assume we've taken a word that yep. previously meant something and now we've applied an acronym to it. Boom. You got it. You All applied right. those. You applied that liberal arts education. Context clues. It did it. So, yeah, you, you are basically making something that's not an acronym not an acronym into an acronym. Okay, so so what's the backronym for podcast? So it's portable on demand. That's a good backronym. It's, it's, it's a lot better than iPod broadcast. Yeah, that's way better. It sounds, yeah. Portable on demand broadcast. Yeah, it's great. That's, that's what a podcast is. That's what we're doing going forward. We're just going to say that's what it means. Okay, well, before we go forward into whatever we're going to talk about, yep. I have to take a moment to talk about our sponsor. Ah. Uh, if, if Are you a fan of... Things? Of things. I love things. But not for, you know, positive, mm. uh, useful sake, but just to get those things? I am. Are you a fan of just forgetting the meaning of holidays <laughs> and giving people presents to feel better about yourself? I feel like you're setting me up for something. Who are we sponsored by? I would recommend to you... 
consumerism. Ah, Cons- I've, I've heard of it. Consumerism is a great way to be obsessed with getting things. Okay. Uh, and you can do that every day and replace the things that you actually need with things that you just kind of feel like buying. Because <laughs> you're compulsively uh, just trying to fill a void in your soul. There you go. Consumerism. Consumerism. (laughs) And not only is tonight's podcast sponsored by consumerism, Mm -hmm. it's the theme. All right, well, let's go find out what we're going to talk about in the past because we don't know. Let's do it. All right, into the past. This is the past. We are here. We are talking about Black Friday. Because this is Cyber Monday. We're recording this on Cyber Monday. Yeah. So this is this is the season of of consumerism. Yeah, Black Friday has happened. Shout and out to the sponsor. Oh, consumerism. So Black Friday just happened a couple days ago, and it's there's a couple rumors about what that where the term Black Friday comes from. Yeah. And what we'll, I've what I've always heard, it's probably what you've always heard too, yeah. right? Go ahead and tell me what you've always heard. I've always heard it's because businesses don't make any money all year and yep. Black Friday is basically when they go from the red to the black. And the black, if you don't know like the world of retail, that means like you're profitable. Yeah, you're, you're, you're making You're no money longer now. losing money. Yeah. Or you're no longer, you know, in in the red, which is the Which uh, is when you're not it's not good. Profitable. Well, that's kind of ridiculous. There's a old there's some older rumors behind it. Like yeah. there was a rumor that Apparently, that was when Southern plantation owners would would uh, buy slaves at a discount on the day after Thanksgiving. Yikes. But that's a myth. That's not actually true. That's just a, a yeah. myth that people kind of made up with because it, I guess it's, that's the dark days of consumerism. Yeah. That sounds like somebody made that up. It's definitely not real. But then there was actually there's a true story behind it, which mm-hmm. is different than the red to black thing. Mm-hmm. And I'd never heard of this. Just heard of this. Uh, apparently, the day after Thanksgiving. Yep. Is when the big Navy versus Army game would be yep. in Philadelphia, and Black Friday was the term that police used okay. to basically say like this day's crazy. Yeah, tons of people flood the town because of the game. There's shoplifters. The cops just probably tra- all have to work. They can't take the yeah. day off. There's just traffic everywhere, tourists everywhere, and it just became nuts. Yeah. And the cops were just like, this is a bad day. Right. It's Black Friday. It's the worst day to work. Yeah. yeah. Long days. Well, what ended up happening was that businesses tried to get in on it and just rebrand it as Big Friday. Like, try to be like, hey, it's a good thing. You're classic, in town. Classic retailers trying to spin it to make yeah. it look like it's a good thing. We've got sales. We'll have sales. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to come in and eat. It's a big business day. Yeah. It's Big Friday. And then it actually... it. The term Black Friday apparently didn't get used, like, can't really be traced back to when they started using it until, like, really the late 80s. That's crazy to me, so I just heard that, too. Okay, so it seems like Black Friday has been going on forever, but, like, I mean, we were born in the mid-80s. mid-80s, yeah. And, I mean, it definitely seems like they've had Black Friday well before we were born, but apparently... That term wasn't used nationwide, yeah, so everybody using it. Yeah, outside of Philadelphia, yeah, especially, um, and maybe and some other areas, some other areas, yeah, catching on. pockets or whatever. Until the late '80s, that's crazy. That's really yeah. recently. And just like your podcast explanation, what was it called? The, the backronym. The, the backronym. They yeah. retroactively applied, like, oh yeah, we'll call it Black Friday because. That's, that's when, when businesses, businesses go, from go red to black. black. Well, but that's, that's not true. Yeah, that's just an urban legend. Yeah, you're a horrible business if you were in the red all year. Yeah, if you're if you're in the red from January till the end of November, your business is not going to last till next year. You need to do better. You, you got to do better. You so do better. the question for up for discussion here today, mm-hmm. the real mm-hmm. heart and meat of this is, 
do you shop on Black Friday? And if not, why? Mm. Well, everyone shops. On, I mean, I feel like I feel like if you don't yeah. shop on Black Friday, you're in a very, very small minority. Did you shop on this Black Friday? Nope. Look at you. I'm in that very small minority. I don't shop. No. Okay. Close your ears, sponsor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and, so I'm even like in a minority in my family because my wife, um, you know, she's not like crazy like shopping, um, you know, like all sure. the time or anything or even like on the, the big sales or anything. She's not like a crazy shopper, but like she will take advantage of Black Friday deals. Here's my philosophy is like. I'm I'm cool with buying stuff on on for sales like yeah. especially like Black Friday kind of like all hyped up consumerism kind of like days um only if like it's something that you are already going to buy or if it's really going to like add value to your life. So um over the last like couple of years I've actually become somewhat of a minimalist. Yeah. Um and uh shout out to their podcast by the way, the minimal the minimalist. That's a great podcast. Um but yeah, I really, I really try to like reduce how much stuff I even own, and certainly how much stuff I buy um, in the in the future. So, so you're definitely not a, like you hate it when people say like, "Well, I had to buy it because it was on sale. I oh, yeah. saved money." Well, the minimalist would say it's a hundred percent off if you don't buy it. Exactly, that's so, how I feel too. I yeah. hate. I think the like, oh, it saved so much money by buying. It. Like, no, you didn't. You came home with three shirts. Yeah, you didn't necessarily need that. Did you need three Did, shirts? Were you planning on buying three shirts? Like, if you went out, like, hey, I need three shirts, and then I found out where the sales were and mm-hmm. got them, then you saved the money. Yeah. So that's how I feel. I, I, it's not like I'm an old curmudgeon about like shopping or anything. I think. Uh, there's definitely some great deals to be had. I almost like pulled the trigger on a TV because I almost need a new TV. It's kind of limping right. along, but you know, I didn't cause I'm like, I just, you know, I really don't need the TV right now. My, my current TV is, is fine. So sure. I'm, uh, I abstain from black Friday unless I really need something. Um, I did buy some things on black Friday this year, not in a store though. I did, I did buy things on online. Mm-hmm. I didn't really wait for cyber Monday. Just because I knew they exist, the sales already existed oh, yeah. on Black Friday. They kind of they, they merged. It's, it's like all, really the whole weekend at it's this kind point. Of, honestly, it's like the whole month of Thanksgiving. Well, some people or the whole off, month of November. <laughs> yeah, some people offer the deals the that month week of, up. Sorry, the month of Thanksgiving though. That's like that's <laughs> the month of Thanksgiving. That's not even that was a mis, mis misspeak, but not really. We you and I have we it's, celebrated it, several Thanksgivings together. This right, year. exactly. So I'm I'm saying I misspoke, but it's honestly not that untrue. No. But I did buy things, and I worked retail for years, yep. like almost 10 years, I think, when you combine the different stores I worked for, and I get the fun aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, and you hear a lot of people say, like, oh, it's fun. Like, mm-hmm. you go out, you look, you, you run around like crazy. I understand that. I had a lot of fun working retail on Black Friday. Mm-hmm. It's always kind of one of those things, like, oh, I don't... I, I got bummed because I didn't get to eat leftovers all day, but the stores I worked for made it fun. They provided meals. Yeah. They knew you were going to be there all day, so they took care of you. And there's a lot of energy for the people that worked there. Now, the one thing I'm not a fan of is starting Black Friday on Thanksgiving. I think that's just horrible that's for horrible. the retail employees. The yeah. Retail employees get so few holidays, they're guaranteed off. Right. The fact that stores are making their employees work on on Thanksgiving. Like, Even starting like Black Friday like super early in the morning is bad because... like. Yeah. If you if you're working, you got to go to bed at eight o'clock at night on Thanksgiving because you have to get up in the morning to go to work on Black Friday. Yeah, like, if you, you got to be there like your, one in the morning. Yeah, it cuts your Thanksgiving short. Like it's just it's horrible to treat people yeah. like that. I think I have done the get in line really early once for what a TV. I really wanted. It was when HD TVs were coming out. Mm-hmm. They were very expensive. I already owned an Xbox 360, and there was a notorious game. Uh, what was it? it? Was the zombie game I used to play? Do you remember what it was called? I can't remember. I don't remember what it was called, um, but it was notorious because the text was too small to read on an SD TV. Oh, yeah. 
and I couldn't ever read what was going on in this game, and it was that was a super important part of it. So I was like, I'm gonna get a TV. I'm gonna yeah. get a HD TV, and that's if you're gonna get a TV, that's the day to get a TV. Mm-hmm. So I waited in line to get one of the doorbusters, and I didn't get it. Oh, you didn't get it? No, I ended up going to another store and getting it later. But I did the wait. I tried. I was like, my cousin got up with me. He's like, let's do it. Let's get in line. So we got up early and we went to Best Buy and the line was huge. And we're like, I'm not going to get it. Our sponsor is in the background going, ha, 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 did it. But I still did manage to go. I I didn't get it at Best Buy. Like, well, let's go drive around other stores and see if anybody's got any deals, if we Mm -hmm. can haggle. And we did haggle down a TV and I I got a good deal. Yeah. Um, So I got my first HD TV. I did the waiting thing. And it was kind of fun to get to go in and like try to get the doorbusters. Like everybody like has a thing they're planning to get and they run to that area of the store. Yeah. It's. I, not if you're trampling people, that's right. not cool. But like, yeah, I'm not into trampling people. It, it becomes, it kind of becomes a sport. It's like a game for some people. Like, can I get the deal that I'm trying to get? I just feel like if we're at that level where, of consumerism, where like it's fun to to like go out and like shop and spend money. Like, we've been duped. Yeah, we've all been duped. Now I really don't buy things on Black Friday just to get them anymore. Like right. I'm the same kind of way. Like I typically, if I want to give somebody a present, I've either thought of it ahead of time or I've already got it by mm-hmm. the time Black Friday's out. Because like I know the person and I'm aware like what I want to get for them, so I want to get them a thoughtful gift, not just go out and get the best deal. Yeah. Um, but the things I bought this year on Black Friday, I needed uh, a speaker for my wireless doorbell, so I got an Amazon Echo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a new fire stick for my son because he broke his remote and it was cheaper on black friday to get a whole fire stick than to order the remote yeah and then i got um a mattress and that's just because i needed a new mattress my mattress was 10 10 years old and i was like i talked to my wife about it. i was like do you want to do this like i mean it's it's on sale now let's let's pull the trigger we've been having some allergy issues and it was recommended to us to get a new mattress so it wasn't like i was like out trying to get bargains for things like these are things i was buying anyway right and i happened to like just i just some of them i waited because i knew they would happen and then the the mattress was just kind of like oh look at that let hey we've been talking about this let's get it mm-hmm. and so you know that i feel like i did save money at that point because i was buying them anyway right yeah so but otherwise like i'm with you I, i'm anti the whole thing i get it so if you're gonna if you're planning on buying presents for people and you kind of want that fun family tradition of going crazy black friday shopping i get it like it's fun uh i stimulate the economy yeah it's good for business yeah. So. Anyway, so do you want to move on and find out what we're talking about in the present? Let's find out. Let's do it. The present. And we talk, it's convenient because we just talked about presents. Ah, brought to you by consumerism. Presents. Yes. Do you know who just passed? I do know who just passed. Mr. Stan Lee. Mr. Stan Lee. Um, and that's a, that was a big one. Yep. Uh, for me, I mean, I don't typically get, like, emotionally... Like, gr- aff- you don't grieve over, like, the celebrity deaths? No. Yeah. Um, because it doesn't have a lot of personal impact for me other than, right. like, things they've done. And yeah. especially Stan Lee, he was so old. So, yeah. like, it wasn't like, like... Literally, every time I saw him, like, he's getting old. Like, I wonder when we're going to lose him. Yeah, it wasn't, like, unexpected. Um, and I can I can safely say... He led a great, fulfilled life. Right. So you can you can literally, I think you get that feeling when somebody like that dies that late in their life. You can literally think of it as a celebration. Like, let's yeah. celebrate this person. Yeah. If anything, it's less like I'm sad that Stanley's gone, and more like, man, I can. Yeah. I'm reflecting on all the things he's done, all of his accomplishments, and like everyone sharing on social media, like, oh, mm-hmm. Stanley, you know, did this, and he, like, it's a learning experience for me. Almost like you can see. All the different things that he's done, um, 
and just how it's impacted so many people, which is really cool. Yeah. And he really has. I mean, he's done an amazing amount of things in the amount of time he was alive. Like, it's just unbelievable if you think about how many superheroes the man created. Oh, yeah. It's unbelievable. So the question for today then is, is who do you think was more influential to, I guess we'll say society okay. as a whole? Yep. Stan Lee or Walt Disney? Mm. Both of which, basically from nothing, started gigantic things that stretched beyond their even original creations. You got mm -hmm. Stan Lee created all these comic book characters, right. but those comic book characters now have become movies, have become toys, mm -hmm. rides in theme parks, yeah. uh, cartoons, TV shows. Yeah, it's, and it's even bigger than just like movies. It's like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which yeah. is like one gigantic movie made out of smaller like movies or, or, or episodes of this yeah. greater movie given people given millions of people jobs yeah um created billions of dollars in revenue maybe trillions i don't know i would not be surprised if it was trillions i would not be surprised tons and tons of just like basically created an economy of yeah. superheroes yeah and uh, and universes that did not exist yeah and then you have walt disney as well though who pioneered mm -hmm. animation animation and so much more too like i mean not only did he make the first feature length animated film yeah but like some of the things he did while he was creating movies he was the first one to do it like the first one really to put sound effects and actually add sound to to cartoons right because before it was just like a little maybe like a little piano track or something like that yeah. but actually like some guy over in the corner of the theater like hammering out some yeah, cheesy tracks but recording audio to the whole thing and doing it in real time to like he had to create technologies to do his job um and that created then again movies tv shows yeah. toys an entire he, economy he basically came up with a modern theme park not that theme parks didn't exist but like he took it to a new level oh yeah um and created like the really what we kind of like the gold standard of a theme park now we think of disneyland disney world he was given the presidential medal of freedom and the Con congressional medal of honor um like these are those are huge things that's a pretty big deal yeah so snow white um was the first feature length animated movie and it yeah. won academy awards which, Did it really? Yeah. That's incredible. Which is crazy. And when you think about that thing, that and how they used to do that too, like how they came across those things where they would like, they would build huge sets mm -hmm. and take photos and use those to animate or to draw and yeah. paint like the all the reference points. Like there was an actress mm -hmm. who went around and played the roles of Sleeping Beauty and all these things and like ran around and there's, you can find these old photos of Alice in Wonderland, like doing her things running around. So like there's these reference points, like you had to pioneer all these ways to do that. Yeah. But, and he was also, Walt Disney was also an innovator of what eventually became green screen technology. That's something that we use all the time. Yeah. Like, I mean, this stuff didn't exist until these people thought it up. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's that's a big deal. And I mean, you think of like Walt Disney's long gone, but yeah. like his legacy lives on and like they're still I mean, Disney is still huge and now they own Star Wars and so like mm -hmm. you can <laughs> they own Marvel. They own that's true, they own Marvel. So like I mean, Walt Disney's legacy is bigger than even his own creations and like the the lives that his like the ripples of his creations. Yeah. Um the lives that that impacts is huge. Like you think of like 
anybody that's you know, a little kid that wants to be a princess and like they're you know watching Frozen a million times or like singing these songs that are like everyone knows these songs are in the the cultural lexicon. Like it's just like it, the. You, you don't it goes even, so deep. You don't even think about uh, Cinderella, Snow White, yeah. Sleeping Beauty as these being these old fables. Like you attach them to Disney. Disney. True. Like, you don't even think about like what Snow White would look like. You think of Snow White. Right. The Disney Snow White. Then again, you don't think of what Iron Man looks like. You think of Robert Downey Jr. You do now. Like yeah. So things things can get shifted and changed. No, that's man, not necessarily Stanley, but that's that's a testament to those yeah, actors. But I remember being a kid, and wanting nothing more my dream job was to work at disney animation studios i loved drawing as a kid i eventually gave that up because i wasn't very good but i still like doing it i liked doing it for fun but that was always like i think like oh that's what i could do as a job i could draw for a living mm-hmm. I remember watching these behind the scenes on disney animated films and seeing the build the building with the big mickey mouse uh wizard hat yeah from fantasia outside we saw it when we were in california last mm-hmm. and like i remember driving by and telling you like man this is like so cool to see this because that's what i wanted to do like just thinking of the imagination behind and the creativity behind all what all those jobs are the people who work there yeah um i'm so i like that that's huge for me but do you have an opinion on who you think was more influential stanley or walt disney on our modern society it's tough because like i was saying i mean walt disney himself had you know huge impact he started, you know, this this company that has since become this like enormous thing. It's not even a company anymore. It's Disney is like this conglomerate of this is everything creative. And so like is he responsible for that? You know, like in some level you're like, okay, he started it. He's definitely the spark mm-hmm. and like a big part of the beginning. Sure. But like can you even say like they make a new Star Wars movie? Like, is that Disney's legacy, that, or is that George Lucas's legacy? Legacy. So well, I feel like it does kind of merge a little bit. But I would say the reason Star Wars has been so successful now is Disney being at the helm of it, and that still like comes from the things that he set in place to yeah. run that company. The way he, the values he instilled in that company, I think, are still there to this day. We didn't even talk about Pixar. And yeah, Pixar's come into the whole Disney family too. Right. Yeah. So like I mean Pixar is that's that's game changing too as far as like well animation that just set the whole course of, you know, it raised the bar of animation. They were the first feature length computer right. animated film. Yep. Yeah. Toy Story 1995. That wasn't Disney though at the time. That was just Right. Pixar. That was just Pixar. But th- that's what I'm saying is like um you know, that's not necessarily like Disney at the same time but like it's all kind of folded under Disney. So mm-hmm. that's my that's my dilemma. It's like does that get credited to Disney? Um, or is that like the ripples of Disney? That's his company now. Um, so just, here's another, so let's talk about Stan Lee a little bit. So Stan Lee's characters in Marvel have grossed over $11 billion. Uh, he created the Avengers, X-Men, like the whole subculture of like Comic-Con, like this whole thing going on. Yeah. And so here's my opinion. I think I would say Stan Lee over Walt Disney. Now, while I'd say like Walt Disney has reached into further like areas of business mm-hmm. like you know he i think yeah he, you can say that some of those things are because of him like because he did cr- like pioneer the modern theme park and like he was the visionary behind all of those things yeah. and so like yeah he has he had that but i think comic book characters have had a lot larger impact on the world and people so like when we just talk about society as a whole like, if we just want to say, like, who had a bigger impact on society? Who was more influential? I would say comic book characters. Mm-hmm. Because 
it's so easy to write off comic book characters like oh like grow up like read read a real book or mm -hmm. or whatever but comic book characters and these heroes really like and you listen to stanley talk they represent the good in the world, the values, the things you want to teach people about, the things people want to be proud in themselves. Mm -hmm. So it gives these children this imagination to get into and this thing, this ideal to go into. Like, what does a hero look like for somebody who's self-sacrificing or yeah. somebody who's going to look out for everybody else? And and when you talk, listen to see how he came up with like Peter Parker, for example, and he's like, I wanted him to be an everyman. He didn't, I didn't want him to be attractive. Yeah, he's like physically smaller. Yeah, he's like a shorter guy. He's a teenager. He's, yeah. he's not the most popular kid. He doesn't get the girl. Um, and he's just kind of your Joe everyman, like, but he still, once he gets this power, he becomes not what you would expect for him to be like, oh, I'm going to be an athlete now and do stuff. He's just like, you know what? I'm good. That whole line of great power comes great responsibility. Like, that's a huge, like, moment to think about. And like, I think that that embodies a lot of what we want as a society and the right. things we reach for, which is why I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been so insanely successful. That's also been so insanely successful because of Disney owning it. True. Like there's a lot of overlap there. They did it so well. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm with you because I think that Stanley directly like creating indirectly creating those characters like Spider-Man, Peter Parker, giving, giving all those backstories like that is like the true creation. I think Walt Disney, I, I'm again, I'm speaking of like, I don't know a lot of like the fact, I don't know exactly like what characters he created, um, but he, he didn't create Snow White. He didn't create Cinderella. Those stories have been around forever. And so, a like, lot of those stories were, sh were tamed down yeah. and shifted. Like, and even what the story meant was changed just to make them work in a more modern world and also to be less scary because some of those fables were frightening. Yeah. Little Mermaid doesn't become, doesn't win at the end in the real story. She becomes seafoam. Really? Yeah. She becomes... She loses to Ursula and becomes seafoam. Huh. i have to go read that one. Yeah, it's weird. That's really weird. Yeah, well, so it seems like, on the surface, like... It seems like Walt Disney was, like, more of, like, a businessman. Really creative in mm -hmm. terms of, like, putting the right things together that had never been put together before. Like, oh... The the theme park thing is kind of an an exception because that's very creative. Like the, insane. The, oh, he was an insanely creative man. Oh yeah, sure, too, not yeah. not necessarily saying he's just a businessman, but like the theme park thing is cool because like he wanted Disneyland to be like a magical to seem like a magical place. Yeah, and then he wanted to go. He's like, that's not even big enough. I need to buy a whole town yeah. and make Disney World. True. Yeah, and so, that's just insane. You never see somebody cleaning in Disney World, but it's spotless. Yeah, so they do all sorts of things at Disneyland, Disney World, which is really, really cool to make it seem very otherworldly. Like, it's it's no place you've ever been before. And a lot of that is due to Walt Disney. So, but I, I agree with you. I think that Stan Lee, with his direct, like, creation of these characters that have, like, had such a huge impact on so many kids, um, I don't know. I think that's a, that's a more... Yeah, because I think it's, it's you're shifting the people. And while I could say, I think Disney had a bigger impact, again, on businesses and different things. which The all Disney that, company, yeah, yeah, yeah. has a whole huge impact and pioneered things for businesses and all kinds of things and shifted the way we do tons of stuff. I think the most important thing that you can do is impact people. And it, you can ask anybody. Like, I'm way into the Marvel, more into the Marvel Cinematic Universe than you. It's been yeah. a thing I've been super happy to enjoy. My wife and I, like, that's our date night when it comes out. Right. When a new movie comes out. So we've been kind of into it, invested. You're not. You, right. You're not even, like, a huge comic or a huge superhero guy. And I wasn't into comic books a ton either. But I guarantee you had a favorite superhero growing up. Right. 
those that there's something about that superhero yeah. that every kid will attach to, even girls attach to like superheroes, and it's just like so that's we're seeing those things, and that's making a cultural shift in what we want, yeah, um, and what we shoot for as a society, and I think that's why I would say Stanley bigger impact on us as a society. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think I think we're on the same page. Yeah. And maybe we could wrap this up by saying Walt Disney was maybe the greatest storyteller. And Stan Lee was probably the greatest story creator. Yeah. And I think creating those stories would mean you'd make a bigger impact Yeah, in society. Because if you're a storyteller, somebody else has told the story. It's been around for a while. But mm-hmm. Stan Lee created things. Like, Different roles. Created stuff out of nothing yeah. for the sole purpose of inspiring. Yeah. So there we go. Now let's see what the future has to hold. Let's see. Okay, so into the future. Into the future. In the future, they're going to be making sequels to the movies. Yes, they will. For for better or worse, they're going to just make more of, of a good thing. It's going to happen. Yep. And most, we could say notoriously, or I mean, it, it's anticipated coming uh-huh. up in the near future is the sequel to the classic film Mary Poppins. See, I didn't know about this. I didn't, I didn't know I didn't there was know a sequel? The, I didn't know the sequel was coming oh, up. Man, I think it looks good. Really? It, Julie Andrews, she's capable so, of... She's not playing Mary Poppins, but Emily Blunt is playing Mary Poppins. Oh, all right. Good choice. Can she sing? I mean, I guess she can. Yeah. She's got to be able to you sing for playing that role, but uh, I could see it. Actually, man, now that I think about it, she looks... I could see her pulling off like the look of... Yeah, she looks great in Julie Andrews. Mary Poppins. Yeah. Um, have you seen Mary Poppins, the original? It, okay. I'm going to make myself look really bad here, but I don't think I've seen it all the way through. I know I, maybe I've seen it like all in chunks, Yeah. but like, I, I just, it wasn't on my list growing up of movies that I wanted to watch. Like I've never been a fan of musicals. I'll come out and admit that. That's a discussion for another day. I've got reasons. Um, and it's not like I've got reasons. I've got reasons, and it's not like a I'm, I'm too much of a man to to sit down and listen to musicals. It's not that. Yeah, it's, I've got more cinematic reasons. But that aside, I just, maybe that just plays into it. I just don't really like musicals, so I just I never really sat down and watched all of Mary Poppins. Uh, I've seen out. it a lot actually. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, we, I watched it a lot. We had it on tape. Okay. Um, did you have it like? Did you record it from TV where you had to like fast forward through the commercials? That probably we were poor, so that happened a lot. I, that's how I had Ghostbusters, by the way. Me so, too. I didn't even know it was a dirty movie. There, well, there's a couple dirty scenes. Not a dirty movie. There's cursing. There's, and there's, there's a, a couple scenes. There's a ghost sex scene. There, yeah, and I didn't know that existed because it wasn't. They just cut it out of the TV version. I had no. clue. So it was not in my my taped off of TV version. I had no clue there was cursing. Same with Top Gun. All right, we're we're getting off topic again. But anyway, <laughs> uh, it's randomonium. We're allowed to get off topic. Mary t- Mary. Pop- Poppins 2, I can only assume they're calling it Mary Poppins 2 Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, they definitely are. So the question being is, should they make sequels to classic movies? Should they mess with a good thing? So Mary Poppins is a classic movie. Not only is it an excellent movie, the music's incredible. It was groundbreaking at the time that they made it. See, I've never, like, again, I've never even seen it all the way through, but I'm going to go ahead and just fully agree with all that. Like, M- merging animation and live action at yeah, that time, like, yeah. it required new technology to do. The truth. And Disney had a vision to do that. So it's appropriate we're talking about this right after the Disney yeah, debate. Yeah, true. So do you think they should make sequels to classic movies? Now, we can... Give some examples here. Uh-huh. Um, it has happened. I would throw Star Wars in there. Yep. Star Wars was a classic trilogy. Yep. They both made prequels and sequels to them. Some of them were good. Some of them were bad. Yep. 
Uh, we have things like Mad Max was a classic. Yep. When was that first one? 70s? Oh, there's two first ones, actually. Oh, okay. Um, so there was already two movies, but then like for years, nothing happened. And then out of nowhere, Mad Max Fury Road comes out. Right. Wins a lot of awards. Wins a lot of awards. was an amazing movie. Right. Um, you've got Blade, Blade Runner, Runner sat around forever yeah. as a classic movie, classic sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. So we're talking here specifically about like sequels and prequels and stuff, not reboots because they are I also just recently read that they're talking about rebooting back to the future which I want to go slap somebody that well no that's okay I've been saying we live in the perfect era to reboot back to the future because you can go well what? who's who you get that joke back and it's amazing oh yeah you're from the future well who's the president Donald Trump the reality star or whatever they're gonna say you know so you want to reboot the whole series it's the time the to do it. The classic series. If there is a time to do it, it's now. I will give them a chance to do it. But so re- we're not talking. Okay, about we're not talking about dude. reboots. We're talking about sequels and prequels. We're okay. talking about sequels and prequels. So should you take a movie that's been sitting as a classic? So we'll use Mary Poppins as the example. Right. It's been sitting there. Classic movie. Amazing. It's probably been in the. It's probably been in the vault. It's probably been in the vault. Okay. And then out of nowhere, they're going to make a sequel, a direct sequel. So, and you also have things like Wizard of Oz. They made a prequel to it. Yeah. With a great James Franco, Oz the Great and Powerful. You liked it? I liked it. Did you see it? I, I mean, I didn't hate it, but it was like, eh, I don't know. You just didn't. I thought it, was, it didn't hold up to the to the original. Here's my by thoughts. By no means. Here's my thoughts. Primarily, I think it's a money grab. It's a money play. Sure. It's like, okay, how can we, without having to generate a new story? Because, like, think about the odds of uh, coming up with a story that's as, you know big huge like uh, culturally significant mm-hmm. as any of those movies we're talking about wizard yeah. of oz mary poppins like coming up with one of those kinds of events let alone like like that story it's going to be so hard to come up with out of out of nowhere so what's easier than sure. that is just to kind of continue the story or you know go prequel or whatever because most people are going to not most people they're going to people are going to think about going to see it like whether or not they yeah. do it it's going to make its money but it's not going to like bomb probably uh whether or not it's good people are going to watch it yeah, I disagree with you a little bit there. Well, now I agree. Like, yeah, the people are going to go watch it. You're getting that easy kind of money grab yeah. there. I put it on the lines because I think I would completely agree with you if you're talking about reboots. We're talking about prequels and sequels. And I think what you're doing there is giving somebody a creative restriction. And we've, we, you and I talk about creative restrictions all the time. Like, yeah. we like it. Yeah. Um, at VAT19, our creative restriction for coming up with fun YouTube videos is it's got to center around the products. Center somehow around the products that we sell. Yeah. Um, and that gives us a very unique perspective to come up with something creative. Yeah. And I think that's what coming up with a sequel or a prequel to a classic movie that you're so far separated from, like it happened a while ago. I think that gives writers now with the current filmmaking technology and storytelling ability, a unique creative restriction See, I'm, to come up with an idea. I'm completely with you. Like in an ideal world, that's beautiful. Like that's amazing. But it never, it hardly ever works out like that. Like, it's so many cooks in the kitchen. Like, if you had, like, a right. dream team of, like, writer, director, actor, composer, like, everybody who was, like, on the same page getting this thing, like, just right to honor the previous one, but also be its own unique thing, you know, yeah, okay, totally. Like, that would be sweet. Everybody would love that. Yeah. But what usually happens is Star Wars Episode One: Phantom Menace, and, like, you're just like, what happened here? This is a terrible piece right. of film. Well, I think that's the key is who's the team you get to do it. Yeah. And I think one of the things that you need to do, and I, I don't remember how much, because I was going to say like Mad Max Fury Road, 
was amazing. I haven't seen it. It was unbelievable. I haven't seen the original Mad Maxes before, but I've seen Fury Road. It's a great movie. Yeah. It's amazing, groundbreaking. Um, and I don't know how much the original people were involved with it. I don't know if it's like them completely involved in making it or not, but either way, but I'll use Star Wars as my example for this. Uh, thinking like sometimes you have to get away from the person that created it yeah. and let somebody else run with it. Right. And so when they when they took the the reins away from Lucas uh, after you know prequels aside when they started making yeah. new Star Wars movies and like they came out with uh what's the one that I really liked the kind of Rogue One. Rogue One. Yeah. So that's kind of like George Lucas is probably hardly involved really in that at all. It's like got his characters in it and yeah. his universe, but he's not like sitting there in the director's seat. So that's when it really, in my opinion, that's when Star Wars really started getting good. I know. So I'm the, with you. Do you know who doesn't know Star Wars? George Lucas. You know who does know Star Wars? All the other nerds who were obsessed <laughs> with it for years. And you know who makes amazing movies? Just fired, by the way. <laughs> Listen, I am into Star Wars more than anybody. Know, no, not more than anybody, but more than a lot of people. Right. These nerds know about Star Wars. And you know who knows how about making huge, awesome movies and that take place in crazy universes? J.J. freaking Abrams. Well, that, and Disney. Like, yeah. they like took Marvel to a whole different place right. and created this thing. So when they did, when that happened, I was like, yeah, take it away from George Lucas because yeah. he doesn't know what he's doing. He's trying to figure out how to recreate the magic that he accidentally created. I guess what I'm saying is I totally agree with you, but my default... Feeling, my gut feeling when they come out with a sequel to these like dormant movies is you're gonna screw it up. Like, you, I'm just, I'm so nervous that they're gonna right. mess it up. And because it happens so much. Look at, uh, what is the Independence Day? Like, whatever the heck the sequel. Did I never even see that? saw that. No. So I guess that kind of goes against my whole like everybody's gonna go see it anyway theory. Because no, I don't know anybody that saw that movie. No. So, but you have things too, like Jurassic Park. Like, so the first Jurassic Park, I would put it in the classic world yeah the, the immediate sequels to that were not good Jurassic Park 2 and 3 terrible but Jurassic World was really fun yeah and I think the, what they did was they took that movie and they thought of like hey let's not try to just keep building off of Jurassic Park they made kind of their own thing out of it but in this universe mm -hmm. you know and they, they it's it was more of a monster movie than this di giant dinosaur movie and everything and I thought that was a cool way to go with it and it was good I didn't see the the second Jurassic World, Lost World, or what was it called? I didn't either. Fallen Kingdom. Oh, I didn't I even know that it existed. Called. Yeah, um, I didn't see that. Is that Chris Pratt? Yeah, oh, okay. he's in both of them. All right. Um, didn't see that, but I mean, I, Jurassic World was cool, and I think, so it, it's cool, and I think the idea is just to get it in the right hands. How do you I, guarantee that? Well, How do we you, know you Emily Blunt is the right hands? You can't, but I don't think you should be afraid of it, because like, one, we shouldn't be attached to it so much, because just because they screwed up these new movies does not take away from the original. It's true. The original's still going to be there and yeah. still going to be great. Right. And if we say don't do this, we're going to miss out on this amazing opportunity to get to expand these amazing universes. Except that the prequels are now in the Star Wars canon. Like, But that doesn't really matter. Does it, though? If it, I'm going to tell somebody to watch Star Wars, okay, when I show my sons Star Wars for the right. first time, my oldest is three and a half, so he's never seen it, I'm going to show him in a in a way that there's an order you can show Star Wars in that skips over episode 1 entirely cuz you don't need it. Yeah. It's a it's a useless movie. I agree. Kids do like it though. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, 
That's true. It's so like you take our gener like it's it's the kind of the Ewok thing. Like how old were you when Ewoks came out? If you were already a kid yeah. by the time Ewoks came out, you like Ewoks. If you were an adult liking Star Wars when Ewoks came out, you're like, come on, stupid Ewoks. Little teddy bears. But so I think it's just a matter of fact. My personal opinion, I think, is we are keeping that we if we if we tell people not to do this, we're missing out on an opportunity where things can get better. Mm -hmm. And if we're afraid to do things. Just because if we don't do things because we're afraid we might not do them well, we're never going to succeed at making like doing uh, greatness. And right. I think sometimes these things happen and they take what was already great and they make it better. And I think we should keep shooting for that. I'm, I'm with you. And honestly, I like the sequel better than the reboot. Yeah. In, in kind of blanket statement. I mean, I think that you can maybe reboot some things to make them better. Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Eleven reboot was great. Either way, I, I, I like the idea of like what you're saying, creative restrictions, pushing it forward, experimenting within the constraints of what's been created before. Um, it's sort of like, you know, um, how they retell stories with like the same comic book characters. I'm going to throw it back to Stan Lee. Yeah. You know, there's like all sorts of versions of Batman, you know, like in some versions, his parents die in this way and others mm -hmm. like... You know, so like, yeah, creative retelling is all is always good. Um, and I think too, maybe the other thing is to say like, if the other movie was a classic because it pushed boundaries in some way, you need to find a new way to push boundaries. Don't do the same old tricks. Right. Like, find a way to do something different. Mad Max, as an example, was an amazing way to tell that story, mm -hmm. um, and they they handled it really well. Quick hot take. Uh, I'm gonna say I prefer. What we, what we call TV is not really TV anymore. This is a discussion for right. another day. This is a whole Pandora's mm -hmm. box. But we call it TV, like Netflix and Hulu. And like, that's how is that even necessarily TV? Because you could watch it anywhere in any way. You can watch it on my phone. Anyway, yeah. I, the, the difference now between series and like feature length movies, I prefer the series. Oh, yeah. It's blurring. Quality is there. And you have big stars going back. So I agree with you. Yeah. So, and that's kind of getting into this whole like sequel thing. So, like, if, I mean, I don't know. I, Some I would, of them I would, are made in TV shows. There's a new Star Wars show coming out, live action Star Wars show called The Mandalorian. So yeah, if they would like come out with the Mary Poppins series, I feel like I would be more into that. Maybe if it was like a quality good series. Yeah. I don't know. It's just something to think about. I think so too, because I think that some of the things that make that really great to me are really expanding the universe. I always was fascinated by Star Wars because it was this, um, like George Lucas created this universe that people just ran with and it became something that didn't exist before. Mm -hmm. That's why I really like the Marvel and the, and the superhero stuff is because like, it's fascinating to be able to dig into all these different things and these stories and Super find out what's complex going on. Like, stories. That's so neat to me. And that's why I think like, yeah, I think that would be a better way to do sequels to things is maybe to re either reboot them or do a sequel as a series as a series so you yeah. can actually get into the development of the things that you love so much yeah because you get a lot more character development in a tv show than you do in a movie well this has been a spirited debate yeah it has been a spirited debate and i think we can really thank consumerism our sponsor oh. for it being so great like Absolutely. i mean it, it's consumerism really had its hand in everything here whether <laughs> it's the money grab for making new movies yeah uh the money grab for theme parks and everything you're going to squeeze out of these uh, creative guys that made, came up with new things that didn't exist, or just buying stuff. Yeah. The microphones sitting in front of our faces, the clothes we're wearing, it's all thanks to consumerism. Thank you, consumerism. All right, for, <laughs> for Randomonium, uh, I've been Danny Gula. And I'm John Stom. Thanks for joining us. Do, hey, wait, do, do you notice how you just said yours in the past and I said mine in the present? 
Oh, I always say I've been... Jeff, say yours in the future. <laughs> and I'll be Jeff McCullough. Jeff McCullough is our producer. Thank you, Jeff, for joining us. <laughs> uh, and we'll see you guys next time. All right, see you guys.